Welcome to Truth Transistor Radio. This is the most awesomest podcast of all time. I'm your host, Rob Hedrick. This podcast is brought to you by Proverbs 1618. Pride going before destruction. Hello, Truth Transistors. Welcome to part or episode 25 of this podcast, Bible Study Part 2, which will be called uh, The Two Global Judgments. So we'll be talking about the judgment of water and the judgment of fire. The judgment of water is already passed, and the judgment of fire is what the destiny is. It is your destiny. So uh, that's what we're going to be looking at today. In this introduction, I'd just like to open up a little bit about something. Um, I feel like this past year has been uh, not a good one for me. Um, Not to say anything terrible like depression or anything like that, but um, I haven't really been starting my days well in in the Word. I haven't been, uh, you know, and in prayer, uh, not consistently anyway, and not very, I would say, not very often for a while. And I begin to realize uh, some of the things that I've been trying to do haven't been, like, for example, um, uh, diet or eating well. And a couple of years ago, I got down to a pretty good weight through Optavia. And it has gotten out of control since then. And now I'm at the highest weight that I've ever been. <laughs> and uh, I've never, I haven't been good at um, getting back on track. Now you're probably wondering, what does this have to do with, uh, you know, getting up in the morning and, spending time with the word well i think it all kind of goes hand in hand like and well there's another thing and that is um financial stuff now i'm not i don't believe in um uh this prosperity gospel or anything but again i think that because my spiritual uh focus hasn't been there and i haven't put things in order These other things have struggled. So financially, I haven't done a good job. Um, I got out of debt six years ago and saved up money, and I was doing pretty good, and then lost it all and got back in debt again. (laughs) And so uh, a few weeks ago, I started thinking about this, and I'm like, why can't I get back on track? Like, I, I start budgeting and I don't stick to it, you know, I want to eat right, and I don't stick to it, I want to exercise, I don't stick to it, and I think it all comes back to not starting my days off right, I I mean, I really do, and another thing I noticed is, for whatever reason, just out of nowhere, I get angry uh, at stupid things, just really frustrated at any little thing, It, it 
um, you know, and I think it's all connected. It, it's all part of that. And, you know, when I was spending time in the Word um, consistently and getting a, I, it seemed like the other things fell into place more. You know, like my discipline and diet and um, exercise and financially, I seemed more disciplined. Um, and I was pretty chill, like things didn't bother me. Like when I was really in the Word all the time, I didn't get mad at very much, like I was very laid back. And so when I started to notice this recently and just how much I was getting really mad about things that were silly and even noticed sometimes have you ever like looked at yourself and saw things that were like when you kind of look in the mirror a little bit you're like why is this you know happening why am I mad about this you know or whatever it is you know you kind of like realize how ridiculous <laughs> it is that you're acting that way or whatever and just in the past few weeks I just noticed I was mad about everything like always angry always upset at traffic at I don't know just stupid things anything <laughs> and I realized okay I need to and it just, you know, I think it's the Holy Spirit saying, start your days off right, you know. Start your days off reading the Bible and praying and things like that. So I've done that the last couple of days, and um, I would like to stick to it. <laughs> but I, I wanted to share all this because, you know, this podcast is about truth, and I want to keep it real. You know, I'm not here to say that I have it all figured out. I'm not here to, uh, you know, be this podcast guy that, um, I don't know, just <laughs> the, that listen to me, I have it all figured out. No, it's not that. I'm just a guy. I'm just a regular guy. And... You know, I'm probably not, you know, very smart. <laughs> I was a C student. I think I said this before. I'm a C student. I'm not uh, some kind of genius. I I've never taken an IQ test, but... <laughs> um, but I do believe, as I stated in the first episode when I was talking about my journey towards truth that when I was going through this crisis, um, a crisis, 12 years ago, and I was questioning everything, and it was mainly because of the documentary Zeitgeist and wanting to know if the Bible was true or not, I sincerely said a prayer. I said, God, if you're real, please show me, because otherwise I'd rather live for myself. But if you are real, I know the best thing for me to do is to take up the cross and follow you and I was sincerely one thing that I was sick of in the truth movement 
and in many ministries and things is I get a sense of fakeness you know like just a sense of they know it all or being very um, not dogmatic but um, like direct and and saying this is how it is um, whether it be theology or whether it be a uh, truth uh, you know conspiracy kind of thing and I don't know I, I, I think I got a sense for a lot of them that it was just a show it was just a show for them to make money you know I have not made a cent on this would it be nice if I did sure but I'm not gonna change anything just to make money about myself you know I want to change to be better uh, you know in my life I want to try to do better podcasts but um, I want to be real and hopefully that comes across you know I'm this is not the most entertaining show uh, a lot of the I think the sound quality's gotten better since I got in this microphone like those early ones that I've gone back and listened to there's a lot of crackling and uh, connection uh, problems I've kind of gone on a rant here on many things but the point is I'm trying to be real and part of that is confessing this to you that I you know um, I don't think I've been dishonest or anything you know like I, I haven't come across as holier than thou or anything but um, I just wanted you all to know that that I'm just a guy I'm not super spiritual or holy um, I'm saved by grace you know and uh, if down the roads you know this becomes a popular podcast or something there might be people that find weaknesses in me and ex try to expose me you know but hopefully I can stay ahead of that and say yeah I'm not perfect I make mistakes I'm not a great you know I, I just uh, I'm, I, I struggle through life just like anybody else. So if any Christian out there is, is going through similar things, I just encourage you to start your day off right. You know, don't worry about everything at once, like thinking, oh, I, I have this stronghold in my life and this stronghold and, I, you know, and all this stuff. I would say take a breath start your days off right start your days off right and you know first thing in the morning read your read a few chapters in the Bible pray you know it doesn't have to be anything elaborate uh, as far as reading like I've been trying to go through the Bible and I, it's, I think it's been about four or five years now and I haven't made it all the way through yet which just kind of tells you how slow I'm pretty a slow reader anyway 
Like, I have a bunch of books that I'm, like, halfway through. So, it's not just the Bible. So, at least I can say that. But, you know, if I was reading, I have it blocked out to where if I read from here to here each day, I would get through it in a year. And it's very possible. So, anyway. But I'm not, like, here to try to race or anything you know the point is I just encourage anyone just start your day off right spend you know 15 minutes reading the Bible 15 minutes praying and I think you'll be amazed at how much it it helps if you do that consistently you know don't, don't try to change everything about your life the Holy Spirit will do that you know just consistent time you know with him I think will the other things will uh, fall into place I guess you could say um, now I think that there are times where in certain strongholds and things that you need accountability you need people other believers um, so that you know I'm not saying that all you have to do is start your day off right I'm just saying that's a good starting point um, but also there might be things in your life that are strongholds that you need other people, other Christians to uh, talk to, right? I definitely have that, have had that, and it, it has helped. Um, so, yeah, hopefully this encourages other people and, um, and, and also know that that I'm just a guy. I think probably most people know that. <laughs> All the mistakes and bumbling through these things that I've done. Uh, but I hope and pray that this podcast series has been a blessing to people or has maybe at least gotten you to seek things out. I don't want people to believe the things that I say. Um, I want... Um, people to think about the things that I say and take them into consideration and um, so you know I, I've probably kind of meandered a bit in this conversation in this uh, intro here um, but that's okay so let's get on with it this is going to be about uh, the two judgments so once again this will be a lot of scripture reading and uh, yeah so in the last episode we kind of went from Genesis 1 through 5 and you know it was the beginning the creation the original sin and redemption is what we talked about and as people begin to multiply, I'll just start reading here in Genesis 6. Uh, now it came to pass, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them, that the, son of, the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. Um, now, there's a few different uh, you know, theories on this. And I think I talked about this in passing before. Um, 
I, I don't know. I want to spend too much time on those theories, except to say that uh, some believe that the sons of God were the the righteous sons of uh, Seth, and the daughters of men were offspring of Cain. But uh, but the other view is that um, the sons of God were angels, uh, fallen angels, and left their own estate, as it states in. Um, the New Testament somewhere. I don't have that in front of me. Um, but regardless, that's not the major point of this episode. We're just doing more of a a major uh, focus, a focus on the meaning of Scripture and um, a bit the big picture of it. So anyway, verse three, and the Lord said, "My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh." Yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward when the sons of God came in to the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord, God, Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually my chicken is ready that's why that uh, let me pause suppose I could edit that out but um, okay so I think the main point of this is that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every in intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually now some say that as evil as we are today that it's not the thoughts are not evil continually but you know the bible says that the 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 good works of the unsaved are as filthy rags uh i believe that no one can do good i mean i think there's there's a passage that no one is good no not one um because we are in the flesh, everything that man does without Christ uh, has some, you know, well, I don't, I, I don't know, maybe they really believe what they're doing is good, except maybe they have some sort of motive, selfish motive. They want, you know, people to appreciate them. I, I think this is also true within Christianity, where people want attention and I think I've been guilty of that myself so um, and the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth and he was grieved in his heart so the Lord said I will destroy man whom I, I have created from the face of the earth both man and beast creeping thing and birds of the air for I am sorry that I have made made them and uh so there was definitely, you know, it was wicked on the earth. And uh, there, there's a passage in here where it says, uh, For he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. Um, a lot of people think that this means that God was going to tell Noah that the flood would come 120 years ahead of time. However, I believe that this is saying 
that the maximum time people could live would be 120 years. About 120 years. And as of today, as far as we know, now, or as far as modern people know, is the record is like 120 years. Maybe 121, but um, that's about as far as anybody's as far as we can document. Now, in the Bible, uh, and it's not documented except in the Bible that people were living 900 plus years, uh, you know, before the flood. So, um, but what he's saying here is that he's going to uh, make it to where, you know, the, the time people live is, is limited. Why is this important? Well, if we are sinners, what the decreasing in the amount of years man can live does is it limits the, the sin, the damage that man can do. Because it seems like our time here on earth is, is goes by too quickly. <laughs> You're spending a lot of time trying to get your business off the ground, right? You're spending... Uh, your childhood and then you go to college and then you're trying to make a living and by the time you make a living you have kids you know typically speaking you know and then finally the kids you know leave the house and now you're about getting older and ready to retire soon and um, you're getting old right you can't you physically start to wear down and so, definitely, plenty of plenty of wickedness happens, but because of the short shorter lifespan, I mean, imagine what you could do. So, imagine you get your business off the ground by the time you're 50 or 30, 40. I don't know. Yeah, by the time you're 30 or 40, and you still have what 900 years to go. <laughs> You know, imagine how much wickedness people could do. I mean, they wouldn't really be thinking too much about death. Now, as I stated before, I'm convinced that when God created Adam and Eve, they were created to live forever. And, you know, I would suggest even the animals and, you know, I don't know. Uh, because it seems like God's creation being good, that death would be, be a result of sin, which the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And because man is was in charge, it kind of, and not to say that animals sin because they don't have a spirit, so to speak, like humans do. They're not created in the image of God, but I believe because of the wickedness of man who, who God put in charge of his creation, he put, you know, to be stewards of God's creation and of, of the animals to rule over it. That the animals, through fear maybe, and just through seeing the wickedness of man, have done evil things too. You know, and now animals can be pretty violent and <laughs> crazy. And, and they've kind of, I think just God's creation has fallen apart and that includes living creatures because of the sin of man
So the wages of sin is death, according to Revelation, I mean, not Revelation, Romans uh, 6.23. And, uh, and so man was no longer allowed to live forever, but after the flood, man was going to be limited to, you know, less time to live. So uh, I just wanted to point that out, you know, because people are wondering, why would God, you know, shorten the lifespan of people? Well, this is why. Sometimes it's a, um, a protection of, <laughs> of everything. It, it, it sort of preserves things a little better because it limits man and the, the evil that we could do. Um, I think also myself, just thinking about myself, like, uh, I'm in my 40s now, I'm 44, and my body is falling, My I cannot do what I used to do. Like, if I exercised for two weeks when I was 20, I would be in pretty good shape. But now, like, after exercising, I'm in a lot of pain, you know, and after two weeks, it's like I barely made a dent. <laughs> you know, I have to be more consistent for a longer period of time to kind of get back in shape. And if I don't keep up with it, I'll quickly fall off. <laughs> and so, you know, you start to see your own mortality um, by the time you're 40. <laughs> um, and even in your 30s, you, you start to notice, like, I... I jogged every day and then one day uh, I was running I think I was right at 30 years old and my calf just felt like somebody just kicked it <laughs> and it was around that time I realized I can't sprint anymore you know so it I mean if I do I would have to do a lot of stretching I would have to you know work my way up to it I don't know but <laughs> It's like I can't just get out of bed and just sprint like I used to. And now, you know, so anyway, the point is you, we, we notice our mortality a lot sooner. And, uh, and I think that kind of maybe makes people a little more mentally consider, considering of death and considering of those things which are eternal maybe uh, even though most people don't <laughs> but you know if your lifespan was gonna be 900 something then you could guarantee that most people wouldn't for most of their life so um, yeah so that's enough about the lifespan of people uh, then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man, oh, see, I read that one, let's keep, so, I, so the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of, of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then he gets on to the genealogy of Noah. Uh, and then he talks about his three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And this is kind of interesting. We might get into in the next um, episode because I'll be talking about the nations um, and the the dispersing and the renewing of the nations. Um, so, 
God then asks him to build an ark. We won't get into all the dimensions that he talks about here. Uh, so God's going to, uh, you know, give a way of escape, I guess you could say, from the judgment. And I imagine that Noah was preaching to the world and everybody had the opportunity, everybody heard that this would come and either people didn't believe it or they just ignored him, you know. And uh, so then these flood waters came up. Now, and then it says, but I will establish my covenant with you and you shall go into the ark, you, your sons, your wife and your son's wives with you. And of every living thing of all flesh, you shall bring two of every sort into the ark. They shall be male and female, the birds after their kind, of animals after their, their kind, and of every creeping thing of the earth after its kind. Two of every kind will come to you to keep them alive. And you shall take for yourself of all food that is eaten, and you shall gather it to yourself, and it shall be food for you and for them. Thus Noah did according to all that God commanded him. So he did. I think it's kind of, it's very cool that, uh, kind of a cool thing, because like God cared enough about his creation to preserve. And because of the wickedness, and we don't know the extent of it, um, it doesn't say a whole lot here. It just says man was wicked, and I believe that there's a place that says um, there was a lot of bloodshed. Um, but there might have also been like DNA mixing and things and, and sort of a corruption of, of the creation in that way as well. And um, <clears throat> whether it be with human beings or with animals, uh, if you read other things like the book of Enoch, which is not in the Bible, it's, it's apocryphal or uh, may have elements of truth to it, may not. But it seems to indicate that there was mixing of DNA, you know. And um, some think a, a lot of the legends of like a horse with a human head or mermaids and things like that might have been based on real history. And that's kind of interesting. Um, again, that's theoretical and we're focused more on the uh, message of the Bible uh, in these episodes here but um, now continuing in verse or chapter 7 then the Lord said to Noah come into the ark you and all your household because I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation you shall take with you seven each of every clean animal a male and his female two each animals that are unclean a male and his female also seven each of birds or the of the air, male or female, to keep the species alive on the face of the earth. For after seven more days I, I shall, will cause it to rain on the earth, forty days and forty nights. And I will destroy from the face of the earth all living things that I have made. And Noah did according to all the Lord commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when the flood waters were on the earth. So Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives went into the ark because of the waters of the flood. 
of clean animals, of animals that are unclean, of birds, and of everything that creeps on the earth, two by two, they went into the ark, to Noah, male and female, as God had commanded Noah. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were on the earth. So, um, so here we go. The, the earth was destroyed and judged that God judged the earth with water. And I wanted to talk about afterwards here and how God, how Noah sends, sends out a, uh, a raven, I believe, first. Let me see here. Um, it's kind of interesting because the two birds that, that Noah sends out, the second one's a dove. Let's see, what was the first one here? It says, uh, can't find it. So it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window to the ark which he had made. Then he sent out a raven which kept going to and fro until the waters had dried up from the earth. So the raven, you know, really didn't help him, I guess. It just kind of flew around. Uh, then he sent out a dove to see if the waters had receded from the face of the ground. But the dove found no resting place for the sole uh, of her foot, and she returned into the ark. Now later, it says, again, he sent out the dove, and the dove came to him in the evening, and behold, a freshly plucked olive leaf was in her mouth, and no one knew that the waters had receded from the earth. Now a dove is representative of the Holy Spirit you know, later on. And uh, I think that's quite interesting. Now, the, the Holy Spirit is not a dove. But I kind of wonder if this event is why God uses the dove as a representative. And it was kind of like this white bird <laughs> came back and basically showed Noah that the earth, you know, earth was starting to appear again. The land was starting to appear again. And, uh, and it came to pass in the 601st year, in the first month, the first day of the month, and the waters were dried up. So they were in the ark for over a year, for about a year. Um, the, the, it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, but it took a lot more than that to for the water to recede. Um, so anyway, uh, and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and indeed the surface of the ground was dry, and in the second month, on the twentieth day of the month, the earth was dried. Then God spoke to Noah, saying, Go out of the ark, you and your wife, and your sons and your sons' wives with you. Bring out with every, every living creature of all flesh that is with you, birds and cattle, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, so that they may abound on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. This was a command also given to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. So Noah went out and his sons and his wives and his sons' wives, every animal, every creeping thing, every bird, whatever creeps on the earth, according to their families, went out of the ark. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar. 
So we saw an offering by Abel in chapter 4. And now we see the same thing with Noah, which I mentioned in chapter 4 represents, um, you know, it's a sacrifice, and Jesus is the sacrifice lamb. He's the fulfillment. And the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, and day and night shall not cease. Um, and so he, okay, so God blessed Noah and his sons. This is chapter 9. And said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and the fear of you and the dread of you shall be on every beast of the earth, on every bird of the air, on all that move on the earth, and on the, all the fish of the sea. They are given into your hand. Every moving thing that lives shall be food for you. Now, before the flood, they, weren't, they were vegan, vegetarians. And now God's giving the animals to eat. I have given you all things, even as the green herbs, but you shall not eat flesh with its life, that is, its blood. Surely for your lifeblood I will demand a reckoning. From the hand of every beast I will require it, and from the hand of man, from the hand of every man's brother I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God he made man. And as for you, be fruitful and multiply, bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply it. Then God spoke to Noah and his sons uh, with him, saying, And as for me, behold, I establish my covenant with you, and with your descendants after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the cattle, and every beast of the earth with, with you, of all that go out of the ark, every beast of the earth. Thus I establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And then it says that a uh, rainbow is in the cloud is the sign of the covenant. Now, even though God will never destroy the, the earth again with the water. It, uh, there is prophecies that another judgment is coming with fire. And we will talk about that after this song. This is a Hispanic Christian rapper named T-Bone. And the name of the song is called Coming of the Ju Judgment. Come 
about So you can take you to the lyrics I be saying now Take you that no man shall deceive you For many shall come in my name saying I am Christ But that'll be a lie It's your decision now in other words is do or die Just to receive him or choose to reject him Choose to serve him or just burn Then listen up cause what I'm speaking is reality The devil got you chained up but Jesus came down to set you free So flee in the name of JC
Once again, that is Coming Up to Judgment by T-Bone. And if you like that, check him out. You can find him on iTunes. And uh, all right, so let's continue. So now we're going to talk about the second judgment of fire. Let's read 2 Peter chapter 3. Beloved, I now write to you this second epistle, in both of which I stir up your pure minds by ways of reminder, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostle of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they willfully forget, that the word of God, the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. Now I find it interesting because, well, Kent Hovind um, believes that this might be talking about evolution. For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning. Like it's a continuous um, same, uh, what do you call it, like the carbon dating, you know. But they're I ignorant that, um, you know, that there was a flood. Now, this New King James Version says, for they willfully forget. Uh, in the King James, it says, for they were willfully ignorant of. So, um, but it's interesting that they are willfully, people don't want to believe the truth if it isn't what they want to believe. And I can testify to that as I, you know, um, personally, I can testify to that. Um, so now it says this world was flooded. You know, the world that was created by God is no longer here. Um, but the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his, his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, a couple things here. Some believe that this is talking about, I think in the book of Enoch, it says that the earth from the time of creation till the final judgment will be 7,000 years. And uh, it's kind of an interest. So the 6,000th year would be the beginning of the millennium, or approximately. And we're right at that point now. Some say we're a little past it. Um, it's interesting, though, that the Jewish calendar, the rabbinic calendar, is year 5,800 and something, uh, I believe, or 5,700 and something. Um, whereas most biblical scholars would say, I mean, taking the Bible literally, that we're about 6,020-something, or less than 7,000, but more than 6,000. So who knows? But the main point of this 
is that the Lord is not slack, but he is patient. So he is long-suffering toward us. And he doesn't want anyone to perish. So he's giving everyone an opportunity, whether it be in their own lifetime, but mankind in general, he has been giving thousands of years uh, opportunities um, to repent, right? And to come to, well, to, that should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, in which righteousness dwells. Uh, therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent, be found by him in peace, without spot and blameless, and consider that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you, as also in this epistle, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which are untaught and unstable, People twist to their own destruction, as they do also the rest of the scriptures. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and honor forever and ever. Amen. And, and I want to finally uh, look at another passage in Revelation chapter 20. Uh, there's these two fires that come down from heaven. I think they're two different events. Now, my understanding of the timeline, and, you know, I encourage you, I'll probably get more into this, you know, end time stuff later in a different episode, but... Um, there's the great tribulation and then the second coming. And I, and I believe that the rapture and second coming are the same event. Uh, Christ returns, we are raptured. There's different views on that, but that's my understanding of it. And it says in Revelation 19, um, let's see, where is it here? Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, See that you do not do that. I am your fellow servant. Okay, that's an angel talking to him. Um, now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. Now, Revelation 19 is right after all the great tribulation stuff and all of the... Um, mystery Babylon and, and the Antichrist system and the 666 and all of that, which we'll get more into later. But um, so Revelation 19 follows that in verse 11. Now I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse and he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. 
His eyes were like a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Now, if you read John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It was talking about Jesus. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his house, sorry, out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it should strike the nations, and he himself will rule with them, rule them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Now I believe that up until this time is the time of the nations, the kingdoms of this world, which tend to be wicked, right? And I believe when Christ returns, he will s subdue them and rule them with a rod of iron. Now there's some people that believe that this is happening now, that uh, at the resurrection of Jesus, he began to rule with the rod of iron. However, when I look at the world, I see a lot of wickedness in the governments, and it's hard for me to look at it that way. I really believe that Christ will return, set up his kingdom that will last a thousand years, which, let's keep reading. Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, and he cried with a loud voice, saying to all the birds that fly in the midst of heaven, Come and gather together for the supper of the great God, that you may eat the flesh of kings, the flesh of captains, the flesh of mighty men, the flesh of horses. Now, this is kind of a disturbing verse. Um, and of those who sit on them, and the flesh of all people, free and slave, both small and great. And I saw the beast, the kings of the earth, and their armies gathered to make war against him who sat on the horse and against his army. And the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire, burning with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with the, their flesh. I kind of want to say this is you know, symbolic language here. I don't, you know, I, I don't think we will be literally eating the flesh of, of men. Um, ver chapter 20, Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who was the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. So I believe that this great tribulation period and the, the nations, the um, kings and their armies will come after God's people. And then Christ will return and destroy the uh, kings and the, their armies. And that's when um, the rapture occurs. That's when the resurrected saints will 
rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years over the nations of the earth. <clears throat> and the nations will be deceived no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, Satan, uh, the dragon, will be released for a little while. And I saw thrones, and they sat on them, and judgment was committed to them. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witness of, to Jesus and for the word of God, who had not worshipped the beast or his image and not received his mark on their hands or foreheads or on their hand, on their mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they lived with and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. But the rest of the dead did not live again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. So the first resurrection is the believers in Christ. Blessed and holy is he who is part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog. So even after all that, in a perfectly just and righteous kingdom ruled by Jesus, there will be this great deception again. To gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea, they went up in the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints. So the majority of people, it looks like, will surround God's people and, and Jesus. Uh, and fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. And the beast and the false prophet are, or see, of the brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. So this is the fire judgment here. But actually, the final judgment is after this, believe it or not. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, <coughs> whose, from whose face... The earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works, by the things which were written in the books. In The, books. the sea gave up the dead who were in it. The de and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then, now I want to say this real quickly, um, because in um, Romans and a lot of Paul's writings, he says we're not saved by works. Well, if you are not in Christ, then you will be judged by your works. If you're in Christ, then you're under grace. And now I do believe that he gives us a new heart, and he... Um, works on us and he doesn't allow us to like our new nature the the new the being born in the spirit wants to do what's righteous but we also have this flesh that still wants to do wicked and um, I think what I said at the beginning of this is an example of that like I could have easily many many times in my life just given over 
being given over to sin, but I don't think God has allowed me to completely uh, go that way. He is always pulling me back. You know, I think of myself as this wandering sheep that that and the good shepherd Jesus keeps pulling me back in to the flock, right? But if you're not one of his sheep, then you could be given over. But, uh, you know, if you're not under the blood of Christ, if you don't believe in the blood of Christ, you'll be judged by your works. And that's what we see here. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And Revelation 21, which I won't read now, gets into the new heavens and the new earth and how all sin and suffering and death will be put away, will be done away with. And uh, so this is... The major point of this is that God is sovereign. God is in control. And there is a final judgment coming. Just like the people before the flood, Noah probably preached to the nations and they ignored him. And here I am and many Christians that speak of these things. And if you're out there, I urge you to listen to these words to take it seriously because the this heaven and this earth is going to pass away everything that you have um, all your possessions will eventually be destroyed everything that you accomplish is in vain it, it, not completely but I mean like think about a hundred years after you die does any of this matter that you're doing now it's all going to burn. The only thing that will last is that which is eternal. And if you start living for the um, for for eternal things and for God, that's what the stuff that's going to to uh, <laughs> to have you know that's going to last. Just about everything that we accomplish on this earth, all the work that you do under the sun uh, now I'm talking about <laughs> the book of Ecclesiastes a uh, really good book where it talks about all the works that you do under the sun is vanity <laughs> it's kind of depressing but it's trying to get you to think eternally um, and, th and that I think is a major point here what are you doing today that is something that will benefit for eternity and not just in this life and the number one thing I would say is salvation you know number one come to Christ for salvation ask Christ ask Jesus to forgive you of your sins and to give you a new heart and then spread the gospel to other people tell other people about Jesus read the read the Bible for yourself you know, this is when, when the passages that said be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, which with Adam and Noah was talking physically. I believe also, you know, for Christians to be fruitful and multiply is to spread the gospel and and 
new people coming to Christ, born in the Holy, born, born in the Spirit. You know, being born again. So this is uh, this kind of leads us into the next uh, episode, which will be about the dispersing and renewing of the nations. All right, so this is the end of this episode, and thank you all, and have a wonderful day. This is the most awesomest podcast of all time. I am your host, Rob Hedrick. This podcast is brought to you by Proverbs 16:18. Pride goeth before destruction. 